podcast. My name is Bori Oludemi, and I'm joined here by my co-host Sulaiman Lasisi. What's up, man? Happy, happy to be back in the studio, man. Yes. Happy to talk about the game and all the final experiences we had this past weekend. I can't wait to dive into all the exciting topics we have for our friends today. But I, before we actually go into the topics we have, I want to just do a quick spot check. Oh. How do you feel about the predictions you made from last week? Predictions from last week about all the tournaments. Um, I feel I feel okay, okay, okay. Yes. I mean, you, we had both predicted that Haiti was gonna beat Mexico. We predicted that the U.S. was gonna lose to Jamaica. Yeah. You still feel good about those predictions? Yeah, I, I would say uh, something happened. I mean, I couldn't, I, I, know, I, I couldn't <laughs> help but laugh at myself, you know. But, yes, but it was it, it's, awful. it's all part of the game, and that's why it's you can sit here and speculate. I mean, we went as far as saying Chile was going to trash Peru. Yes, you know? so it, it, it's always nice to think about things, and then they happen a different way. So I just wanted to get because I was laughing at myself all weekend. Yes, yes. As these things unfolded. No, you're right. I think the Chile Peru game was the. I, I also laughed at myself. I, I played back in my head what we said, and I was like, wow, our, our listeners are going to laugh at us and yeah. look at us like we're some chumps. Yeah, pro tip for next time, be as cautious as you can when it comes <laughs> to these predictions. Hey, but we got to make the risky one sometimes, you know. Yeah, I yeah, mean, we got I mean, to make it fun. All right, let's move. Uh, let's start talking about our topic of today. Um, the first uh, one we're going to talk about, obviously, is the Women's World Cup. Um, you know, again, apart from the controversy, how, what do you think the game was like in it general, the well, final? The fi- well, the, the tournament itself was an exciting tournament. And the final, I would say, it lived up to my expectations. It was a, you know, like a carefully orchestrated affair. Like both teams were cautious and you had a feeling this was going to be one that would go down to the wire. And then it came down to a questionable penalty. I didn't, she was wrong in the fact that she actually had a toe that high in the in the box, but I didn't think it was malicious. I didn't think anything really happened. But yeah, that started it. But what a goal by Rose Lavelle. I think it's fitting that she wins the tournament, that the US wins the tournament off of that goal. Yeah, I, I actually did not watch the game. I watched highlights and I watched the, the penalty over and over and over again. And dangerous play. That's 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 what boils down to me. Um it was not malicious, like you said, for me, uh, but it's dangerous play. I think if you once you put your, your boot that high, it's, you know... You're calling you're, for it, basically. Yeah, you're calling for it, basically. So yeah. it, it sucks, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying it's not a penalty, but I think it was a penalty because it was a dangerous play. That's that's my verdict. Yeah, yeah and I can't, I can't argue with that. Yeah, but I knew that uh, once the USA had beaten England in the... Uh, in the previous, uh, in the semifinal, I just knew that USA was going to have in the bag. Um, they're just a strong powerhouse. Um, we could make a bold prediction and say the next um, World Cup, they may, they won't win it uh, because maybe their players are getting old now or something. I mean, it's always been that way. People have felt that they were, they are the old guard when it comes to women's soccer, and you have the new rising revolution that's coming from Europe. Imagine the US had, the US was the only non-European team starting from the quarterfinals. And wow. they they were the last team standing at the end of the day. So there's a lot of the new guard rising in Europe coming for, for, for the yes. title of being number one in women's soccer. Yes. We're going to see more of this in the years to come. Yeah, and that you, you're correct. England, for me, is looking very good. I'm actually surprised um, they did not win against Sweden in the third place match. But 
in the way they play is is phenomenal. I, I thought they played very well at this tournament. So maybe they could be the next winners. And I should call out Lucy Bronze because she won the silver ball in the tournament and well deserved as well. So awesome, yeah. awesome. All right, let's go on to another tournament uh, that we love, Cup America. Um, again, this this um, tournament was ridden with controversies in my opinion but uh, before we actually go into the controversies and the details let's talk about our, our predictions for, for this man I don't want to talk about those <laughs> predictions anymore no, we're, we're, we're off mark I no, would say I, we're I, off yeah, mark yeah, and, I, yeah. yeah I mean definitely thinking about the, the Peru and Chile game uh, I don't know what happened it was one of those things where Chile it seemed like their head was not there and the, the uh, Peru had um, more the, of the mentality, and, and that really just won the game for them. Um, it, was it what, 3-0? 3-0. I think it just, it, it just summarizes the fact that there are times when the sum is greater than its parts. Like, the, the team, the, the Peru team, came together as a stronger force. And if you were to write on paper those names, other than Paulo Guerrero, you'd have thought all the other players were just like, on the team but couldn't have any effect against Chile. But they came out there and they played a very good game and well-deserving of winning. They didn't just scrape by Chile. They won in a deserving fashion. Yes, fair and square, for sure. Um, and so we predicted that uh, Peru was uh, Chile was going to beat Peru, so we lost on that one. Um, another game that we predicted was the Brazil-Argentina. I think um, we were split on that one, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did say that Argentina was going to win, but I would say this, um, again, controversies... Um, there was, I think, there was a penalty in that game that was not, that should have been a penalty, and somehow it wasn't given. Um, Argentina had hit the woodwork twice. Um, obviously, I'm not making an excuse for myself. I'm just saying um, that I was close on that one, but um, again, controversies in that game. Actually, I want to go back to controversies. Like, if you have VAR, use it, referees, use yes. it. That's yeah. why you have VAR. Exactly. And it's, it's it's just mind-boggling. Like, you have this device that's supposed to revolutionize the game, and you're not using it, and you're making decisions off of how you feel. Yeah. That that's not what this sport is about. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me. I, and I, again, like, I hope this controversy can reduce as we go on. I, maybe it's part of the fun of the game. Some people argue, but uh, it, you know, it 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 hurts some of the players and, and we, we saw that yeah we saw that definitely and i mean you don't want to leave the game to the mercy of of those kind of decisions let the game flow let the players play and let them feel like they're not up against some forces yes. invisible forces let them it play did the game. seem that way especially yes. in that game um and yeah so let's talk about the uh so it turned out so brazil played Peru in the final um Argentina played chile in the in the third place, we didn't, you know, we didn't have the time. We didn't record before then, so we did, we couldn't give our prediction. But I was actually going to predict that Chile was going to win it because I thought, you know, Argentina will, um, Argentina will, you know, not care anymore and just be like, you know, screw this. We don't care about this tournament. Um, but no, this is the best Argentina I've ever I've seen in a very long time. Um, and I thought they played very, very well. What do you think about the Argentina and Chile game? Well, my first reaction after watching that game was I have a, I have a, f- a group of friends who feel like the baller, d- you included actually, you feel like the baller deserve a starting spot on the Argentine national team and your case couldn't have been well, more made than the way the game played out in the third place game. So I think maybe the coach should figure out a way of playing the baller more on that team and they can all walk together with Messi and produce stunning results. Yeah, so I I'm thinking that I should be the coach of Argentina because again, how in the world did you, uh, okay, I know Dybala didn't have a good season last season. Uh so he, you know, Juve 
he didn't play much many games and I think he was injured uh, for a few weeks or something but given the replacement for him Acuna we saw in the in the game during the group stage where he played he wasn't that great like I would think again I'm not I'm not in the training session I don't know what's going on in the training session but I would think Dybala was a no-brainer because Dybala to me seems like he wanted to prove prove himself he was more hungry um and I don't know why he didn't get the chance. I'm, and now I'm thinking that if they had started Dybala against Brazil, if they started uh, Dybala against other teams so that Argentina could have finished top in the group stage, I wonder where Argentina would be right now if they would have played the final. It, I mean, my, the it? only thing that could have happened is some variables would change and they might have had a different route yes, to the, sure, to the sure. final. So yeah. maybe instead of playing Brazil in the semifinal, they would be playing maybe either Peru oh. or Chile. Yeah. Sorry, Peru or Chile yeah, in the yeah, semifinal. Right. Yeah. So maybe that would have helped their case. But I think, you know, there's another Copa America next year. Maybe yeah, maybe, I, maybe I, that will be the time for them to all come together as a team. But yeah, yeah, player selections did hurt the Argentine national team in yes, this tournament. I think the, the, the chemistry between Messi, Dybala and Aguero was better than Acuna being in that lineup. It was, it was phenomenal. Um, all right, let's talk about the red card that Messi and Gary Medell got. One word, tell me, red card or not? That was not a red card. Absolutely not. And I think the the referees are getting card happy without consulting VAR. They're just going and, and, and booking rep players. I've, I've seen a few of this in this tournament to make me believe that either someone's not talking to them about this or they're just going off of going off script and doing whatever they want to do on the field. Yeah, it has to be the latter part of what you said. There's no way that was <clears throat> a red card. I don't I don't I don't get it. But anyways, it's a red card. It happened. We're we're moving on. Alright, let's talk about the final. Um so the final is where everything happened um in terms of, you know, the trophy presentation. Brazil obviously won the the tournament. Um and uh I thought Peru played very well. Um I think I guess they would, you know, obviously you're playing a team of stars, so it's it's gonna be hard to kind of outshine them. But I want to point your attention to one particular player that you actually predicted was going to be the I can't remember what the word you gave him, but um Gabriel Jesus. Um you 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 predicted correctly that he was going to be the man for Brazil and I thought you were ju I thought you were going to be wrong. I mean, barring the red card, I would have considered him to be the man of the match when he came to the final because he had a splendid game and in the semi-final he had just a similar feat he had a goal and an assist and I you just can tell from I think it's free is what he is he's very free when he's playing with the Brazil national team and he's open to expressing himself on the soccer field and he just is enjoying himself he's having a really good summer a friend of ours on on you know at work said he's he's the best number nine they've had since in a while yes you think and that's correct? I mean the best number nine they've had in a while yes it's not Firmino definitely not Firmino Firmino has the intangibles working for him and this is very evident in the second goal they scored he actually made that into not an he actually won the ball off of a Peruvian player mm -hmm. to set up their the, the second goal so he has the intangibles working for him but when it comes to scoring yes. and just setting the motion for Brazil to win games I think Gabriel Jesus is the guy yeah I don't know how I feel about Firmino I was actually joking um I think for Jesus had a more impactful um um you know tournament um I just want to quickly just branch and talk about Alves. Oh my God, thirty-six-year-old Alves still going at it. Still, like I still don't understand why PSG, you know, is 
letting him go. Um, I don't understand why big clubs are not trying to get him. Um, but what do you, what do you think? Do you think he would be a good player for for a big another big club? I think he would be. I think he would be a, a big player, a pot player for a club that's pushing to win something they haven't done before. I'm talking about a club like Manchester City yep. or Juventus. Well, Juventus have won the Champions League before, but not in a while. So someone who can always give experience, deliver experience, and his leadership is key. Keep in mind, he was the captain of the team in yes, the tournament, yes. and that just showed him the composure that the team had through even during the difficult games they had. Now, quickly, do you think if Neymar was in this team, they would have won the tournament? I I think the, the the chances were better with Danny Harvest being the captain. I sure. I don't I, know if they would have won or not, but I think I like what I saw on this team with Danny Harvest being nah, the captain. Nah, I'm gonna keep it real, man. I think they would have lost, like maybe against Argentina or something, because Neymar would have gotten a red card or something stupid like that. that. That's not out of the realm of possibility, but I. Again, you know, what ifs and things like that. Yes, it's, yes. It, it's easy to kind of like say things like it, that. I don't really know, but I just liked what I saw better than what I had seen with Neymar. Yes, yes. Better better team for, for me. Yes. Um, but let's quickly move on to the Gold Cup. Um, that uh, The final was played yesterday, Sunday. Um, Mexico beat the USA 1-0. A lot of people have been coming out to say that uh, USA didn't take their chances. Uh, in my opinion, I saw two different teams. I saw an elite team and I saw a team that was just moving the ball around. Uh, I'm sure you can guess what team is what, but I think the USA has, they have a lot of work to do when it comes to playing as a team. Um, it looked like they were playing it friendly, in my opinion. I think when Mexico, Mexico in the game played like a, a, an elite team and they played like, I mean, sure, the scoreline doesn't do justice to, to, in my opinion, doesn't do justice to what the actual game showed, but I think Mexico were like, they looked miles better. So I actually feel completely different. Just starting watching the first 15 minutes of the game, I felt like the U.S. has come a long way towards like closing the gap between Mexico and the USA. They played it, they, they started off really well. They had chances. Jose Altidore, they had chances they could have put away. And I felt like, wow, the U.S. has come a really long way. But then I felt like they lost the plot as the game, as the game grew on is they were trying to be more they were they were they weren't as direct they were trying to like control the game and hold the ball and i just felt i, I just felt like mexico was gonna they, they've been slow starters in this tournament but they finished well the games that i've watched so i just felt like mexico was definitely gonna come back and have a chance in the game and i also do have to say that mexico had a few good chances in the first half they could have finished as well they didn't finish so they, they grew into the game and once they did the u.s was out of the creation yeah i mean the usa was running around they 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 have that they were pressing and they were you know running around especially um at pulisic um they were doing that and pulisic was the only one on that field that I thought, okay that that guy is an elite player like from the from just what i saw um, but to me, the rest of the team, pff, I don't know, maybe it's the MLS level. I, I don't know where it is, but they did not look anything like an elite team to me. So what do you think about Weston McKinney? Weston, well, I mean, the only thing I saw about him yesterday was the fight. He was trying to fight and somebody was choking. Uh, what's his name? The guy from uh, Celta Vigo was, was choking him. It was surprising that they made him captain of that of that game yesterday. I, I think the coach has just been playing around with whoever it feels like to make a captain. I don't know what the reason is. We've seen a few different captains in this tournament, but I'm just curious. I, I didn't see a, a, a performance worthy of a captain in the game I saw him play yesterday. So that just makes me question the fact that are, they be, are these 
new entrants into the national team being rushed into leadership roles yeah. too quickly. So that's my concern. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't Pulisic a, a captain like a few weeks, a few games ago? Something? Pulisic was captain. I think Team Rim was captain at some oh, point. Oh yeah, right, so right, right. They've tried a few different formula. Very interesting. Um, but hey, I think Mexico deserved it. I mean, I think they were they were a better team just based on their history from in the in the game. Um, but hey, viva Mexico, huh? Well, I I also feel like just looking at it from a a realistic point of view, the U.S. had a good day yesterday, regardless of whether the men's team won or not. So I think it's just fair yeah. for the joy to go around North America and not just be concentrated in the U.S. If you get what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. All right, moving on to the African Cup of Nations. Um, we also had predictions for for. For this tournament. Yeah, the last surviving tournament of them all. All the other tournaments have ended. And yes, we did predict. I had my predictions about the tournament saying Egypt were my favorites. Well, Egypt is out of the tournament. Yes. So, so I, I need to recalibrate. <laughs> I, I need to find a new favorite. <laughs> but not also forgetting the fact that Morocco, who I also put on the list of tournament favorites, were also out. I think the tournament is actually getting to a very interesting and unpredictable Stage and I'm staying off of predictions for that reason because I a lot of interesting things are happening. How how what are your reactions to us? Yeah, game? I think so. Going back to what you're saying, it's hard to predict. I think out of all the tournaments played this summer, this is the toughest one to predict because you have teams like Madagascar beating Nigeria. Oh my, um, Madagascar! South, South Africa beating uh, Egypt. Um, it's just really really um unpredictable. So I that's why I actually like this tournament because um. You can't predict who's going to win. And no team is too little. That is the crazy part. No team is too little. Even if you're a debutante, you can still, you know, go ahead in this tournament, which is, you know, which is what Madagascar has done. Yeah. So if you had a prediction pass, something you could just use and nobody would care about it, who do you think is the favorite at this point in the tournament? That's a very tough one for me. Um, I, I would say Algeria looked very good against Guinea. They won 3-0. Um, I think they have more. They have a lot of chemistry on that team. Mares is surprisingly showing up for Algeria. I mean, he had one of his trademark goals yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, he he's definitely showing up for Algeria. So, um, however, though they played Guinea, I, I'm not saying Guinea is 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 bad, or, but compared to Algeria and other teams, other top teams, Guinea is not there yet. So, I wonder what's going to happen if Algeria plays Nigeria, for example, and that could happen if um, Nigeria. You if know, they both proceed, yeah, if they proceed, yeah, because Nigeria okay. plays South Africa. And talking about South Africa, real quick, South Africa is very dangerous. Um, South Africa was in Nigeria's um, qualifying group, and South Africa beat Nigeria um, at in Nigeria in at home uh, away. I mean, and uh, Nigeria drew with South Africa in South Africa. So it's actually very interesting. I I, I can't predict this this game because I think this game could end up. With and anybody could win this game. You know, I saw the Egypt South Africa game, and I do have to say that South Africa played a perfect game. Yes, they did not come out too offensive. They weren't too vulnerable to attacks. They were solid in defense and midfield, and they took their chances. They had a few of them before they scored that goal, and it just showed that they, they play a system that actually works. And yes. what what that what that means is Nigeria has to have their work cut out for them. It's not going to be. A, a walk in the park. They're going to have to struggle real hard to get victory against South Africa. 
However, I also do have to say that I'm impressed by Nigeria. Yes. I they, they, they had to overcome obstacle in the game against Cameroon to win. But I also want to point you to something noticeable in the fact that Leon Balogun wasn't playing that game. Yes. Was that by design or was it by <laughs> some reason? I don't know, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm seeing patterns that I'm, that I'm liking. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think he's been on and off, but the, I think the reason why he probably didn't play this game was because of the mistake he made against Madagascar, which cost us the first goal uh, that that we conceded against Madagascar. Um, so they they probably you know they probably didn't want to play him because the media went crazy. You know Nigeria Nigerians are ruthless on on uh, social media. On social media, they yes. will they will go after any player. Um, so they so I think they wanted to give him a break so he's not nervous and obviously that will cost us if he's nervous. Um, but I think Nigeria did very well. I think they had the mentality. I, again, I keep bringing this up. Um, I think. In my opinion, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. In my opinion, I think uh, soccer is a 50% mentality game. If you don't have the mentality that you're going to win a game or you think you have a chance to win a game, you, I think you've, you've lost it at that point. Unless or else something crazy happens, like five red cards on the other team or something. But um, that said, I think Nigeria's mentality was in the right place. I, I think this the mentality, mentality they had in the Cameroon game was different from the mentality they had in the... Um, Madagascar game and that's why they were able to come back and beat Cameroon um, they came back once not twice uh, they came back once to beat Cameroon um, and I, it was a splendid game I, I loved Iwobi's goal it, the build up to Iwobi's goal was very beautiful it was, it was, it was very pretty to watch yeah I, I, I can actually say that I saw the team string together passes you know, like actually playing according to some specifications, and that that's impressive to watch. Yeah, yeah, that's it's crazy. And um, Madagascar also beat Congo to go ahead, and it's crazy how again Madagascar is going ahead. And I mean, I don't know if they will, you know, they will they will move on to the next game, but uh, they are looking good. They have the. You know, they're just like uh, Liverpool last season, not two seasons ago, where like they went to the Champions League final, even though it seemed like they they didn't have stars. Yes, I I was impressed by the the last game. They had one wonderful goal. You should see the goal. The first goal that Madagascar yeah. scored. It was it's actually contender for goal at the tournament. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it the diving header. The, no, no. The, this was like a sh- a well struck shot from outside the box and it just went it was a rocket basically and it just went and all you could do is just watch the trajectory of that ball yeah yeah and and made it way into the corner top corner of the goal beautiful and one more team i want to talk about so um uh, ivory coast barely beat mali 1-0 today Uh, mali played very well again another team that you think would not do well but they played they should have won the game in my opinion but Surprisingly, Ivory, Ivory Coast seemed to be struggling a little bit when it comes to you know, scoring and also just playing in general. It seems like they have stars, but they're not cohesive. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen in the future with them. But I, 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 I thought they were going to be a favorite for this tournament. But r- the way I'm seeing things, I think, I think for me, they're not going to be a favorite. I also think in a lot of games like this, teams sometimes take it a little bit of time before they actually wake up and get their rhythm going and once they do they become a moving force that's almost unstoppable so i want to see how ivory coast like plays the next game and if this is just their wake-up call because they have to grind out a victory against mali and we just see how that will play out as the tournament progresses awesome well well, looking forward to um, the uh, the Nigerian game on Wednesday. They play South Africa. You will have a prediction. You ha- you have to do a it's, prediction. It's it's gonna be a close game. Is all I can say. And I think 
all things being equal, I think Nigeria might have a slight edge. Just going back from the fact that they played in the same group in the qualifiers and Nigeria topped out that group even though they didn't have the best record against South Africa. But they feel, they would feel like they have something to prove, actually, going into this game. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know how that game is going to go, but I'm going to predict that it will be a pen, uh, it will go to penalty shootouts. And I, to be honest, I don't know who will hey, win that's the a cop penalty out, shootout. Bro. That is a cop. <laughs> out. Like, what's going to penalties, no? I, I'll stay. Make any penalties, penalties is, is where they're going. Um, Ivory Coast, Algeria. What? Uh, so Ivory Coast plays Algeria on Thursday. What do you think will happen? I'll I'll just take a page from your book and say it's going to be a tough game, and then it's going to go into penalties. And at that point, I don't know what's Come going to happen. Come on, you're using my. I'm using that because it's, it's going to be a tough game, really. But if I were leaning towards anyone, I'd lean towards Algeria just because they've they've had a, a, a good momentum building coming up to this point. But I just made a point earlier saying that Ivory Coast might be the sleeping giant in this tournament. So will this be the moment of awakening for Ivory Coast as well? Awesome. Well, yeah, I think that's it for AFCON. I think we've covered everything. I'm looking forward to the next episodes to see if we're correct or not. Yes, so Bori, we've talked about all these tournaments and even though they're coming to an end, we have a stack of interesting programs for our, our listeners. What do you what do you think we're gonna what are we gonna be talking about yeah. in the next podcasts? Yeah, so awesome. Uh yeah, so since all these uh, you know, Cup America Women's World Cup and and CONCACAF Gold Cup has ended, um so we we're gonna be talking more now about uh the club soccer. So there are transfers going on right now that we've not talked about, and which is intentional because we want to give more time to the other tournaments. But um, it, you know, we're going to be talking about you know how players that certain clubs buy will fit into their club. Uh, we're talking about you know, for example, Sari going to Ju- Juventus if his style of play will fit Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, we're going to be talking about you know some club directions, so seeing how you know where the club is going, especially with also like every club being cautious of financial fair play and all um and also we'll have a few guests on the show um i think we're going to start inviting uh guests to talk about their favorite clubs and we'll be grilling them with questions that definitely is my favorite part i like it when i talk to a friend and just ask them about their opinions of their favorite club and you can just tell a passion from politics and just you know what i'm saying but that that it just brings out a human element in being a fan of, of, of the football game. Yes, it will be fun to see. And uh, I think, uh, yes, I think the podcast, the future of the podcast is really looking interesting. Yeah, and thank you so much, our listeners, for being a part of this show. We're going to wrap it up at this point, but don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Music. And we're going to be back next week with more exciting content for you. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you.